Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Good to pray. Definitely ask for it in prayer. But notice, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. So the reason I put faith before prayer is because if I pray with no faith, it's nothing but words that came out of my mouth. It's religious, but it has no effect. How's your prayer life? You spend time every day praying? Do you have problems with your prayers not being answered? These are things most, if not all, Christians ask about and struggle with. Pastor Mark is teaching about the need for you, as a Christ follower, to not only pray regularly and about everything, not just the big things, but to believe that God hears you and that He will give you an answer. Another challenge you'll face when waiting for an answer is to trust God enough to accept the answer to your prayer, even if the form of the answer isn't what you wanted or expected. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part 2 of his message, Pray About Everything. See, there is no two-way conversation with the dead God. I'm calling to the one true God through Jesus Christ who can not only answer me, not only eliminate my worry, but give me the answers to every single part of my life. We have to bring it back to that kind of intimacy. Now, there was a minister's little six-year-old girl who had been kind of bad and naughty during the week. So her mother decided to give her pretty strict punishment. She said to her, you can't go to the Sunday school picnic this Saturday. Well, when the day came, the mother felt she'd been a little too harsh and she changed her mind. Ever been there? Yeah. And so she went into the daughter and she says, I'm sorry, you you really weren't that bad and I don't want to do that. And, And you can now go to the picnic. Well, she said that, the child looked gloomy and unhappy. And the mother says, well, wait a minute. I just told you I'm sorry, and you can go to the picnic. What's the problem? I thought you'd be excited to go. She says, Mom, it's too late. I already prayed for rain. (laughs) How complicated is that? It's very simple. You see, she had understood what C.H. Spurgeon says. We should speak to God from our hearts and talk to him as a child talks to his father. 
Why should we pray? Let me give you some reasons. Write the first one down this morning. Number one, why pray? Because the Bible commands us to pray. It is not a suggestion. It is a commandment from God. All through the Bible, we're commanded to pray. Jesus often said, when you pray, not if you pray, but when, here in our passage that you have your Bibles open to, Paul says he commands us to pray. Now, if you've been a Christ follower, a Christian for a while, you came across a verse that confused you about prayer. And if you're not a believer yet, when you do come across the verse, I want you to already know the answer to it. Notice this verse, what Jesus says. It's interesting. Matthew 6, 8, it goes like this. Your father, God, he knows exactly what you need before you ask him. So God already knows what I need. Well, Pastor Mark, why? If God already knows what I need before I pray, why should I pray? It's a great question. Why should you pray? Here's the answer, number two. Why pray? Because prayer maintains our personal relationship with God. You see, God knows what we need, but he wants to have a two-way conversation with us. He wants us to come to him. He wants to have an intimate personal relationship, and prayer is one way that provides that. You see, you, you can't know someone unless you communicate with them. The way I get to know you, and that's why I challenge you to be in many of these parties and be in others' homes, when you're there, you get to know people. You're communicating with them. Email's one thing. Being in person's way different. Prayer is that intimacy that God has designed so that we could have that relationship. Prayer is God's method of communication. And it maintains that personal relationship between a human and a heavenly father. Now, we have an illustration of what that looks like. Let me show you again. In the Bible, John 15... Over and over, the Bible says this, that Jesus is the vine. See that big vine there? All the nutrients come in the vine. And you and I are that little branch. See that little light green branch? And then from that is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, salvation, giving thanks, all kinds of things. So notice the relationship. As long as I'm attached to the vine, which is Jesus, and by the way, the gardener, is God. He's maintaining it. So you and I, as Christians, we're just part of this amazing, and notice, this is living. It's not a sterile. It's not a dead religion. It's a living, vibrant relationship. So whatever's happening around with the vine affects the branch, and the branch gets everything it needs from the vine. Now, the branch, you and I, we get everything we need from that amazing vine. But we're connected. There's a relationship. There's an intimacy that we're together. That's what prayer accomplishes. It isn't just this. Let's say today I need boom that. Thanks God. Thank you. No, He wants to hear us talk to Him because we have a vibrant personal relationship. Now let me ask you a question. We'll take a seat a moment. Just look at that for a moment. When's the last time 
You really communicated with God, that you spoke to God. Not out of a wish list, but because you want to know him. He's your heavenly father. When's the last time you really did that? Well, I said it was two-way communication. Let me ask this question. When was the last time that God spoke back to you? Because my God, God doesn't speak to us, does he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You see, it's a two-way. When I speak to him, he's going to speak back to me. All kinds of things. Remember what it says? Call to me and I will show you many amazing things. Let me just tell you how it works. Friday, well, it would be Saturday morning, about 4 a.m. God woke me up. And I had to get up and change this sermon. Because he gave me, and you'll see the illustration in a moment. He gave me an illustration. I had to get him write it down. If you're young, you could think about the next morning and have that 300 milligrams caffeine, you'd be fine. But I could have 600, and I still wouldn't remember it. So I have to get up and write it. I'm older. So I wrote it down. Now, that happens not a lot, but some. And it's no different than you. Why, why would God speak to me? Why would he respond? Why, why didn't he do it at 10 o'clock? Why do you wait till 4 in the morning? Why? Because there's nothing to distract me. There's no music. There's no TV. There's no iPod in my ear. So God has my full attention. When's the last time God had your full attention? By the way, he's got it right now. See, you're now thinking that you have a personal God that you should be speaking to, and he will respond, and it solves worry that all of us have. So God loves to communicate with us. One day, Martin Luther, he read the Bible in Matthew, where Jesus says, look at the birds. They don't trouble themselves. They don't worry about anything. They just look at the birds. And Martin Luther went out, and for a few mornings, he would just take his early day walk, and he began to to speak to the birds. And here's what he would say. Birds, you wake up and sing because you know God better than I do. Think about that for a moment. As he walked along, he went, these birds aren't worrying about whether the euro goes down, what the employment rate is. They just know that God's going to take care of them. And he would say, the reason you're singing, there's no worry in you, is because you know your heavenly father, this is Martin Luther, better than I know him. That's a challenge to me. Number three, why pray? Here it is. Prayer is God's way of providing what you need in life. James 4, 2 says it this way. You do not have because you do not ask God. Think of the truth of that verse. So often, I've been embarrassed myself. Because a situation comes up where I needed wisdom or direction or comfort or hope. And I'm thinking, God, why didn't you bring it? And the whole reason is, I forgot to ask him for it. Been there? You see, if you're filled with worry this morning, I'm supposed to ask God to solve it. He'd love to. 
He wants to be part of us. So what can stimulate us to think more about asking God for the solutions to problems and worries and difficulties and things like that? What can stimulate us to do that? Well, there's a lot of things that can. But when I woke up that morning at 4 a.m., here's the illustration. When you see a green light when you're driving, what does that green light mean to you? What does the green light mean to you? Go. The other night, we were coming home from friends way up at the end of Wickham. It was later at night. We had a great party with the people, and we're driving home, and we live down kind of almost to 192. You ever drive Wickham? You ever see a green light? Like there's never a green light. We drove all the way home every single light after we hit this one stop at the beginning. It was green. I went, praise God. God must be coming back or something here. So a green light meant go. So here's what I want you to write down this morning. Take a look at this. Here's a green light. What does it mean spiritually? This is the illustration God gave me. When I have a worry, it's a green light to pray. It's a green light to pray. So here's the practice I'm going to ask you to do, and I'll repeat it at the end. When you are driving this week and you see a green light, don't start texting. Don't stop and bow your head and pray, Lord, help us. (laughs) But I want you to think of who? God. And I want you just to thank God that you can pray to him. And that will begin to understand that it's to be a relationship through the day. So whenever you see a green light, and if you're with your spouse or a friend in the car, go, green light. Remember, we used to call it VW bug, 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 whatever. Green light, God. So if you're in the back seat, pray. And just say, God, thanks so much that we can pray to a God who cares and understands. Now, when should we pray? Well, Jesus says men always ought to pray, not lose heart. Paul says pray without ceasing. The green light just reminds us that we are to pray and maintain this relationship. If you're married, how often do you talk to your spouse? Hopefully often during the day, with your kids during the day. But sometimes we save God for the big deals in life. You know what prayer really is? Here's what prayer is. It's humbling. Because in prayer, we're saying this, God, I don't know what to do, so I need your help. Now, you already should be able to see why we don't pray very often, because we take all of the things in our own hands. Oh, I know how to handle this thing. No problem. Done it before. And then it turns out to be a disaster, and you go, what what happened there? We forgot to do this. See, prayer is simply dependence on God. That's my God. I don't like that. It's the way you were designed. We're not God. We're designed to be dependent on God. So the next question basically is this, why prayer? And this is the last one. I want you to write it down. Why prayer? Why pray? Prayer is the cure for the disease of worry. Now, since every one of us have that disease, this is the cure. Worry doesn't accomplish anything, but prayer does. But prayer does. James 5.16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Well, Pastor Mark, if the cure for the disease of worry 
is prayer, why did you put faith or trust in God before prayer? Why didn't you put prayer first? I want you to write this down. Here's why. The basis of all prayer must be faith in God. Must be faith in God. So the reason I put it first is because prayer without faith is useless. Let me show you what that looks like. Take your finger and hold it there. We'll be back later. Let's turn to the book of Mark, New Testament. And if you'll scoot on down to Mark chapter 11, go down to verse 20. And Jesus is walking with his disciples, and he's giving us an amazing principle about what our prayers should be like. Now, when he did that, we begin in verse 20 with this illustration, true illustration. In the morning, as they walked along, Jesus and his disciples, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. So as they walk along, they see this fig tree that's died. Well, the day before, Jesus said to that fig tree, there's no fruit on you, die. So this is a day later. And Peter, verse 21, remembered, and he said to Jesus, hey, rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed yesterday has withered. And Jesus, in verse 22, basically says this, no kidding. But here's what he says. Notice what he says. Have faith in God. See, faith is not something manufactured feeling, some positive kind of thinking thing. Faith is confidence in God himself and his character. Faith is in confidence that what God has promised would happen. What did Jesus say the day before? Be killed, be destroyed, be withered, be dead. Jesus, well, no kidding. For sure it is. And then he gives us an illustration. Look in verse 23. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain anything that you might be worried about today, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Notice the importance of faith. If I say to this doubt, this thing that I'm worried about today, be gone. I pray in Jesus' name, be gone. But I don't believe it. It's just a nice statement I made. It ain't going nowhere. Notice, does not doubt, the opposite of doubt, is faith. In his heart, it will be done for him. Notice verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, it's good to pray. Definitely ask for it in prayer. But notice, believe that you've received it. And it will be yours. So the reason I put faith before prayer is because if I pray with no faith, it's nothing but words that came out of my mouth. It's religious, but it has no effect. See, faith is the confidence that what God has promised will happen. So Jesus in these verses was giving us the reason to make prayer effective. He says, if you're going to pray about something, you have to pray in faith. Well, how do I make that happen? What does that look like practically? So I want to give you two keys for effective prayer. We need to pray, but I have to have prayer put with faith. How is that going to work? Here's the first one to write down. As I pray in my life, 
To be effective, prayer must be mixed with faith. And faith is simply believing what God said is true. Now, I'm going to finish the other three keys, but I'm also going to delve into praying about the will of God. There's a verse in 1 John that says this, if I pray in the will of God, it will happen. Well, man, like I'd like to know what the will of God is then, because if I pray, I can definitely have faith. It's going to happen. Now, to be effective, prayer must be mixed with faith. Take a look at this. David in the morning, when he had his devotions, the shepherd David, the man after God's own heart, he writes this. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. So prayer is what kind of conversation? What? Hold your fingers up and tell me how many it is. Okay, good. How do most people pray? It's one way. Oh, God, I need anything. God, I need anything. God, I need Off we go. Most of us never wait for the response. Or we get tired of waiting and we take it in our own hand. But David says, Oh, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you. I don't command you to do something. You'll hear that in the positive confession in all this uh, prosperity doctrine that's totally false. I command you, God, to do that. I mean, if someone's going to command God, I'm stepping back just a little bit from what they're saying. <laughs> know what I mean? Don't be stupid. We don't command God. Notice, I lay my request before. I submit to you, and I wait with or in what? What's the word? Say it with me. Expect. What is expectation? Faith. Something is going to happen. You guys are going to be watching. You gals are going to be watching the football this afternoon. Some of you are waiting in expectation, but it's based in nothing. (laughs) If it's a team I'm thinking about, but I won't even mention it. (laughs) It ain't going to happen. And as God came down and became quarterback, other than that, it ain't going to happen. So what this says is, notice what this says is, I'm going to pray and I'm going to wait in faith because I know God's going to answer me. Let me ask you a question. Why would I pray if I wouldn't expect God to answer? Why would you waste your time praying if you had no expectation that God was going to answer? So we do have expectation. So here's what you want to write. This expectation is bound up in the character of God. We must have faith that God cares and God hears and God answers. The reason Linda and I were so painfully aware of praying to a false idol is because none of that happens. That idol doesn't care, that idol doesn't hear, and for sure that idol will not answer. But they had worries just like you and I do. And they're looking for answers. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the concept of prayer. He talked about what it is and how the Bible says you should think about prayer. Because God commands us to pray, Scripture says so in several places, knowing how to do it is vital to your spiritual growth. Prayer is how God provides what you need in your life. If you're not praying, you're not receiving from God what you need. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. In the next teaching, which will conclude Pray About Everything, Pastor Mark will teach about the relationship between faith and a successful prayer life. He will share more of what the Bible has to say about effective prayer using the life of Daniel as an example. As you hear about how God took Daniel through some hairy situations, hopefully you'll be encouraged to trust God to meet your needs. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.